Welcome to the Scariest Things Podcast, your gateway to the trends and tropes of the horror genre. This is a extra special podcast extra. This is Liz Williams, and I am joined by Jeremy Cohn, the editor of the new Amazon horror comedy, Totally Killer. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Liz. Thanks for having me. Okay. Let's... Uh, talk about this film really quickly. Our readers of our site will know that I just reviewed this film and gave it five stars. It is super fun. And do you want to just give us a little uh, plot synopsis of the film? Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, the film uh, starts current day, but we find out that there had been a serial killer in the 80s who killed several teens, uh, three teen women and that uh, the main character's mother and her father were both survivors of this killer. And um, then the killer resurfaces in current day and um, through variety of circumstances, our lead character ends up back going, traveling back to the 80s in an attempt to stop the killer from uh, doing the murders. Um, and it's kind of like a fun mashup that's, you know, it's yes. um, Scream meets Back to the Future. That's exactly of. what I described it as. Uh, loved it. Uh, okay, this is directed by Nanachka Khan, who also uh, directed, probably most famously, the comedy television series Fresh Off the Boat, which you were also an editor on. So you had worked with this uh, director before. And when I, you know, was researching, just was talking to you, I saw you also directed uh, or ed edited, excuse me, one of Ali Wong's comedy specials. So right off the bat, this is a horror comedy, but for an editor bringing your comedy sensibilities to horror, how do you feel like those two things mesh together? Do they? Is it something easy to do? Or are you kind of using different cues from each genre and you're trying to force them together as the editor? Well, I mean, it's interesting because to a certain degree, um, I mean, this this is this isn't like my own formulation, but it gets it gets said, you know, that that comedy and uh, and horror have a lot in common in that you're building tension for a release. So uh, uh, in comedy, you're kind of building and then you have an absurd joke or something funny happens. And in horror, you're building and then somebody gets stabbed, you know, or uh, or yeah. some kind of various, you know, some kind of bodily trauma occurs. <laughs> um, so uh, there is that kind of similarity. And we played a lot with like the different rhythms of that and trying to figure out how to uh, uh, how to make it so that you don't know if it's going to be a joke or 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 a right. stab. Um, uh, that being said also though, is that like a lot of comedy is, is, is kind of like keeping things very tight and mm -hmm. paced up and, and horror is kind of more about stretching things out a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we had, we had, it was fun trying to play with those rhythms and, and figure out how to catch people on, uh, unexpectedly, um, yes. with, um, so we're talking about the cast a little bit. So the movie stars Kiernan Shipka, who a lot of people will know as uh, Sally Draper or uh, yeah. Sabrina, the teenage witch. But horror fans are definitely going to know her from The Black Coat's Daughter, where we kind of first saw her bring out 
her deep, dark uh, horror chops. But her parents in the um, current day are played by Julie Bowen, who is a comedy master from Modern Family, and Lachlan Monroe, who people will absolutely recognize from the scary movie uh, horror comedy franchise. So in this movie, it seemed that they balanced a little bit of that scary movie, rude, crude, and stupid in the best way humor with some really, really clever um, nods to horror movies like Scream, horror movies like Halloween, and of course, Back to the Future. Uh, which she comes just short of, actually, I, I think she actually does say, I've got to get back to the future. And then is saying, wait, have you guys seen that yet? And luckily some of them had, but some people in the film had not seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, um, I mean, Notch has talked about how, uh, uh sorry, Nanachka, her, uh, she goes by Notch, uh, to the, to her uh, collaborators, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and uh but she has spoken about how um you know it's kind of like if i if she herself was in a time machine and ended up back there she wouldn't be like talking about quantum mechanics and how it all works right. she just like did you guys see back to the future this is what's happening so um that's that's how how karen's character jamie does it too it was uh i mean just so funny to just have those references in there like i really liked that it was 1987 she could say yeah we have an 80s time travel movie that is addressing kind of exactly what's happening here. And let's just lean into it and reference it and, you know, go from there. So another thing that I really loved about the movie was the music. So how much of influence did you have on the music in this film? Um, I had a fair amount of influence on the music. I worked you know, with Nanachka, with Notch, mm -hmm. and with the music supervisor, um, as far as the songs that you hear in the right. in the cut, um, the uh, you know, I do my pass on it before working with Notch on it. So I put some music that I think will work, okay. and some of those songs, some of those songs are still in the cut now, and then other ones, you know, we've switched out, or Notch had different ideas, or it was too expensive, or something right, like that. Right. Right. Um, so uh yeah um like i had i had um uh lady in red in my first yes. you know. <laughs> i was going to say it's not often you get lady in red in a horror movie and it was perfect <laughs> that's awesome yeah no i was just like i was like oh this will be twisted i got to use this so um you know flip it on its head and take out, make it mean something totally different yeah and uh you know um the the part when she first gets to the 80s you know we kick in with venus by bananarama mm -hmm. and that's a spot where we were trying all different songs and then um uh but you know we need to announce that she's arrived in the 1980s with right. something and that song was really was really colorful and in a has really good energy so we liked that one there um yeah, I mean, I could go through all the songs, but yeah, yeah. it has a great soundtrack. Hopefully someone's probably made a playlist already or they'll really yeah, Amazon has a Amazon has like a playlist that's like most of the songs and then also some that are inspired by. OK, and then I did make my own Spotify yeah, playlist yeah. for that. Uh, that has the accurate what songs are in the in the movie. But. Awesome. OK, so 
speaking of your role with the musing things as the editor, how early are you involved in the concept of this film? Are you coming in from like scripts and giving input on what you think would work? Or is it, you know, we think of editors and people like myself who are not like in the business are always like, that film was too long. It must have needed an editor or something. Tell us what the editor, we don't want to just blame you guys for making movies too long. What is it that you guys are actually doing throughout the filmmaking project? I'm kind of like a collab. I mean, I'm a collaborator. So I'm like help the, well, you know, in the case of TV, I'm helping the showrunner execute their vision. And Mm -hmm. in the case of a film, I'm, uh, uh, trying to get a director what they are trying to get across. And then, but then we also listen to, and obviously I'm contributing my own thoughts and, uh, creative, uh, contributions, but, um, ultimately it's their show, you know, a show as a term. Yeah. Uh Um, and, uh, you know, so then we get notes from producers after we finish the director cut and then we take it also to, you know, an audience and see how they react. So we have several stages um, uh, of working on a thing. But, you know, like, uh, you can't, definitely you can't blame the editor for one something. Because <laughs> there's probably a good chance that the editor was like, I told him to cut that scene, but they love that scene. So uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely, the, the buck does not stop with the editor. Okay. Uh, we're yeah. a little bit lower on the management. <laughs> but uh you know i i definitely you know uh there's bits in this movie where i was like i I was like i don't think we need that and i would just make the cut and show it to her and she'd be like oh yeah that works better so let's just do that so you know i i get to i get to try things and put them her way and a lot of them end up in the movie but uh you know if, if somebody wants something in there it's it's not my call how hard was it in this film where it's a time travel movie, so you've got to keep that continuity of, oh, wait, this happened in the past and it's affecting the future. How hard is that uh, for your job in, in a movie like this? Um, I mean, there were certain, there were a little bit of logic things that we uh, maybe needed to finesse, but most of that was was worked out in the script stage. Okay. So uh, it wasn't really like... Um, you know, th- we may have come up with like one or two like things that were an issue or ways to enhance uh, story points um, as we were going. Uh, but it wasn't. Yeah, we weren't we weren't like saying like, oh, wait, but he said this in the past and mm-hmm, we're going to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember we did. We added like one line with the Kara character where she says that Blake turned everyone against me. We added that because her character is shown to not like Blake. Right. Okay. Present tense. So, um, you know, it just, it brought out that storyline about why that was the case. Um, okay. Yeah. It was, that, that's super interesting. Cause I was, uh, you know, when I watch them, I always think like, okay, how can I figure out who it is by things they're saying? Or, you know, right. we had, we had the rules we have the back to the future rules and, you know, and there's one scene where they say, oh, no, they got that wrong. Like, it's yeah, not yeah. going to happen. And that was the uh, that's the, that's where she says that you're not going to because back to the future. Right. He's oh, yeah. Gonna, erase erase herself. Yeah. And she's like, no, you just nobody would know who the hell you are. And you just be like a, the spare, like the, the the stray end of a timeline that doesn't right. exist. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want. I mean, uh, I don't know how spoiler safe our talk. 
but it's a little tricky. But um, yeah, there are certain little things that you, if you watch it again, that are little hints that are there if you go back. Yes, uh, the, I, I don't want to talk about the very ending, but the way that that happened, I was dying laughing when <laughs> she's on the front steps and realizing, you know, what has changed. Uh, oh yeah, she was able to save the day. I loved that. Um, okay, in what's the biggest difference uh, that you had felt? working mostly, I would say, in TV to coming into doing a, a film, a feature film? Um, yeah, it was really it was really super fun. I really enjoyed the process on the film uh, because it was um, on TV. You kind of you tend to be in a little bit more of a uh, tighter turnaround, tighter timeline. And uh, with the film, we actually get to look at something, think about it, come back to it, try something different, figure out ways to enhance and uh, and uh, make the story all that it can be and make sure that all the performances and characters and everything are singing. Um, a TV, you know, you do have to do that, to, but you also have to basically be like, okay, that's as good as we're going to do. It has to go on air. So um, it, creatively, it was really cool to get to uh, stretch stretch my uh, limbs a little bit on this. Um, and also just to get to tell a, a longer form story like this. So speaking of performances, as I said before, we had uh, Kiernan Shipka as our main lead. She plays Jamie Hughes. And then we had um, Olivia Holt, um, Liana Liberto, and... Um, a couple other young actresses playing our main, uh, they're the Mollies who are kind of like uh, a girl, a group of Heathers, but they love Molly Ringwald. What was it like working with all these young actors? Um, the whole cast is, is amazing. Um, it was so much fun. And it, it was, uh, um, you know, uh, Kiernan is really great in that she can keep, everything grounded uh even when it's in the most like heightened circumstances i mean she's time traveling there's a serial killer yet you buy her performance the entire time right. um and then she also still carries the emotional undercurrent that brings you through the whole thing and uh and it was really fun also working with trying to create that you know that little subtext with her relationship with olivia um in uh in the 80s um olivia is amazing and uh i mean just a sidebar it's just like a little it's it's upsetting that right now the mptp you know is still uh not not getting sad what they're going for and it sucks that everybody who are so amazing in this movie that they uh um aren't able to relish you know the buzz that it's getting right now which is really fun yeah. um so uh but yeah and then um yeah the other mollies were all really hilarious the um and did i i mean i get liana's becoming like i guess a little bit of a scream queen herself so yeah. uh and uh it was hilarious and yeah the whole cast the whole cast was great because you definitely have a lot of um comedy chops in there when i saw randall park playing the sheriff i loved that because of course anybody who watched fresh off the boat will recognize him uh because he was the dad and just so much comedy chops. Yeah, I mean, I even did. I, I actually worked on some stuff with Randall even before Fresh Off the Boat. So I'm like always like I'm like I'm wherever I go. There's I mean, there's it's Randall. He's, yeah, <laughs> it's always hilarious. And he is like 
as nice as the guy that you would think he is. Like he's such a great guy. So, and um, yeah, he got to do some little bits of improv and stuff that we used and uh, it was super fun. It was great to have him in, in the project. I think Notch was saying that she wants him, you know, as long as he will do it, she's, he's going to be in everything she ever does. So. <laughs> so what did she think? So you since you've worked with her before about doing horror, I mean, yes, it's horror comedy, uh, but for all you guys, what's it like to be like, yeah, I, I want to make a horror movie. Like we want blood. We want slashers. We want s- uh, screams. We want final girls. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, I was super excited to get the opportunity because I was uh, I, I, I'm a horror fan and um, was it was like, oh, I get to build these moments and have and and uh, build this tension and get to do these crazy stunts and fight scenes and, you know, all the and get to, you know, have blood splashing on the wall. Um, and. Uh, um, yeah, especially like, uh, you know, I definitely. Uh, um, was just rewatching Halloween last night, actually. So, <laughs> and and um, Notch is uh, also a big horror fan, and we and um, and actually her wife is a writer on like Yellow Jackets and has done a bunch of stuff with Mike Flanagan. So there's definitely you know that wow. that link there. So um, uh, and you know we had some kind of little horror movie moments in some episodes of Fresh Off the Boat and Young Rock that we worked on together. That I think she saw I had like some kind of a sensibility for it and. Um, uh, and yeah, when I heard she was doing this, I was like, Hey, you know, if you need some help, you know, and she's like, Oh, that's good to know. And then she sent me the script. So I was like, all right. Perfect. So if, when you start at the beginning and you're getting a script like this, um, how much input do you have as the editor knowing, okay, the director is going to want to see this, things are getting storyboarded. How much input do you have on the story before you guys start shooting? Um, I mean, I, I, I had a couple small thoughts or notes, some of which they they used and some of which they didn't. Uh, but in general, I, I mean, I was a little bit later getting on the train. Uh, sometimes I like on on um, on some of the TV shows, you know, I was would be in the meetings with the director and the executive producer. And I'd be like, Oh, we should make sure to get this and make sure to get that. This is, they were shooting in Vancouver and I was here. So um, I I was cutting the footage every day and letting them know if there was something that we might need that they didn't get. And sometimes we would get extra shots and things like that. But um, yeah, as far as the script stage, I kind of like, (laughs) I guess my revisions come when it's in the edit room and Uh I'm uh, and I'm like, I don't think we need this storyline or I don't think we need this thread, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of small contributions, but I don't think. Yeah, I mean. Uh, but still, you're like the first one seeing it every single day. You're seeing the movie and you're seeing it how we as the audience are going to see it. So that's yeah. super important. You, you did a good job because this <laughs> audience, at least lo- <laughs> I loved this movie. But that's what you have to like as an editor, you need to kind of have the the beginner's mind and like look at it as the first audience when you're looking at the footage and just kind of that that's part of the thing is, you know, you look at it and you're trying to figure out, OK, well, what as an audience member do I have to make sure is clear visually that they understand or, you know, because if if you have a um, like a stunt or something, but it's not 
you can't see it clearly, then you, then people are just like, what just happened there? You know, right. I don't know. So it's a uh, um, or a piece of information or some like little story thing. You have to make sure as you have to view it as the audience member and make sure um, that you're telling the story um, to that person. So in this film, as we've said, Kiernan Shipka, who plays Jamie, goes back uh, accidentally through a time machine that her best friend is building to 1987. And she has got to stop the Sweet 16 killer before he murders anybody because in current day, he's coming back to finish the job. And the job, unfortunately, is her mom. So when she shows up, we're going through it's 1987. It's high school. Um, there are drunken parties. There's a literal cabin in the woods. There are dodgeball games. And so much of the comedy comes from Kieran and Shipka, Shipka's young character of 20, from 2023. She's an 11th grader realizing how wild west the 80s were. Was there anything like with the actual actors who are the younger actors where you guys as you know none of us were not old people but we were a little bit more grown up and have more memories of this where they were like i can't believe this actually happened and you were like yeah yeah it did <laughs> um i don't know if there was anything specific with that they were like uh you know that would i i wasn't on set so i oh, don't okay. footage uh of them kind of astounded by what they had uh <laughs> what they were being asked to perform um but yeah i don't know a, a friend of mine though was pointing out that it's fun that you kind of get to have your cake and eat it too like you get to you get to see them do things that are politically incorrect but kind mm -hmm. of funny and then you also get to criticize it but you also yes. still saw them do it you know yeah, yeah. so it's kind of fun that way and they also kind of just like ignore her criticisms yeah. they just they just blaze right past it they're just like yeah whatever you know um, what was your, without getting too spoilery, if we can, what was, uh, some of your favorite things to work on in the movie? Or were there any scenes where you said like, oh no, this one stays, this is <laughs> like my baby. You'd be like, you're yeah. keeping it. You would fight for it. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of the big sequences aren't, weren't, are, are definitely key to the story. So they, they weren't on the chopping block, but right. I definitely had a lot of uh you know there there's the first kill scene fight scene which was a lot of fun to work uh get the tension building up to it and then the actual uh fight and all the different stages of that um to to work on that sequence and uh get to work with the stunts and the actress did a lot of stunts herself cool. um so um you know and we 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 did several passes going through and being like is this the best for this specific you know uh stunt or section of the fight um and there's lots of little tricks that you can do to help the intensity and speed things up a little bit and stuff like that um and then um yeah i don't know it was actually that you know i, I mentioned that lady in red scene yeah that was a sequence where it had been kind of jamie searching uh for tiffany who's mm -hmm. uh, disappeared and is potentially going to be murdered and then you see that she's making out with a guy on a waterbed and then it leads into a whole uh another kind of uh killer sequence mm -hmm. um 
but they were actually like almost like two separate sequences. And then, uh, and then we had our first screening and we're like, we're not quite feeling this tension here. And that's when, uh, you know, it was like, kind of like we could intercut it more. And so then it's more that Jamie's rushing around and can't find her. And you're then watching, uh, the process unfold with her, uh, with her and the killer. And it adds more tension and more, uh, more of a ticking clock to it. Yeah. It's hard to add tension when then you're going to pull back and have Christenberg singing Lady in Red. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked as soon as that song came on. I was like, oh, man, that's brilliant. Because that, that's also a sequence, though, where I, I did like, you know, I did a certain amount of stabs and then you see blood splashing on the wall. And then not just like, I think we should do more. Like, it's like, yeah. if we're going to go for it, we got to just go for it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, so that was all. That was her call. I, and uh, I was like, yeah, it works for sure. You know, like, more blood, more blood. We want it. OK, so more speaking, water. Yeah. yeah. And when I as soon as I saw that waterbed, I was like, oh, my gosh, are they going to nightmare on Elm Street this and something's coming out of the waterbed or like, but we stuck with Back to the Future coming and through Scream the and yeah. Hall Halloween. There was like almost one shot where it was tribute to Michael Myers kind of standing at the edge of the sidewalk in the hedge. And I was like, oh my God, the amount of reverence for the horror movies in this. Yeah. There's definitely tons of Halloween references that were uh, you know, that 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 shot. There's um there's a little bit when he kind of steps out of the closet there and he kind of emerges out of the shadow because there's that, you know, moment in Halloween where he's where Michael Myers is in the closet or, or in the doorway and just don't see him at first and he gradually appears. Uh, which is such a great moment. And then um, there's that little bit of like, it's only a little bit in there now, but after he stabs her, he, we have a little bit of that head. Right. Where he's like watching her as, you know. So uh, yeah, those are all fun little things to put in there. Um, some that Notch worked out with Judd Overton. And, you know, I'm not, I, I, um, yeah. Judd Overton was our DP, sorry. Okay. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about horror strict horror not just comedy what is oh. your favorite horror movie my favorite horror movie uh i mean i would have to say i have a couple okay we'll uh, take them all. i mean i'm definitely the shining had scarred me early i've walked <laughs> up father watching it when i was like five years old and just saw two girls standing in a hallway and blood pouring down the hall and i just started freaking out and and then he was like get out here get out yeah. here <laughs> So I had the point trauma of seeing the images and my dad screaming at me. But, uh, uh, you know, Alien, I love Alien. Uh, Halloween is probably slasher wise. Halloween and Scream are, I mean, those are those are unassailable classics. Um, 28 Days Later. Yeah. Yeah. OK, if there was one horror movie that you could put yourself in as the editor and have been involved in making. It could be super old or like, you know, one from last year. What would that be where you said, man, I wish I could have been a part of that, like part of that team. one team. Yeah. Man, it's kind of, well, I think just because I just happened to have ordered it on Blu-ray and so it's at the top of mind, but uh, Return of the Living Dead, which okay, is really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just that kind of that that was a that's another weird mix of horror and comedy and has mm -hmm. like over the top gore and uh and yet is hilarious and also has some rock and roll in it mm -hmm. so 
uh, um, yeah, I don't know. That just, that springs to mind right now, just cause I shout factory has a sale right now. <laughs> nice. I, I like that. We are physical media people here. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So now that you've dipped the toe into horror, uh, sticking with the comment, are you, are you ready to go in? Are you, have you got the bug? Are you going to, are you going to stick I mean, with the horror? <laughs> yeah, I would love to get to do like a pure horror film. That would be awesome. Uh, and, and, uh, or do another horror comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, I just saw, uh, when evil lurks, which was yes. really, <gasps> yeah. I think that one's in line for like the feel bad movie of the year though. <laughs> that does might have one or two kind of jokes, but then you're like, Oh no, yeah. I don't think no hope at the end of this one. Yeah. That was a bleak throughout. That was a very, <laughs> bleak. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to create, you know, to get to work on creating that, that ominous dread throughout. And then the way that those, those big set piece moments were pulled off in that movie are, are just amazing. You know, I think that's why I kind of vibed with totally killer so much though. You know, we spend so much of the year looking for what is the scariest, what, it, you know, and a lot of them, are kind of hopeless, especially these days. And, you know, we're like kind of in like another golden age. We're in the A24 era. Everything is bleak and depressing. And then to have a horror comedy like this that hits every single note. I, I mean, I was laughing out loud through the whole thing. I'm probably, you know, the age of the target audience. I can remember the 80s. I was more 90s, but Kiernan Shipka was an absolute joy to watch all the young actors, but then having people like Julie Bowen and Randall Park uh, in it. It's just a really fun movie. And especially at this time of year when it's what's the darkest we can get. It's Halloween time. It's spooky season. This one just yeah. man. That's so awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I love I love that you enjoyed it that much and that we give you that experience. And, you know, uh, it's a. Uh, it's really cool that it's getting like, you know, people seem to be like enjoying it. And it's just also um, with the Halloween season, it's like, like you said, it's nice to have one that, you know, you still get to be a little bit like, you know, you have your cringe moments and you get to have a little bit of uh, brutality, but it's yeah. not, it's not going to scare the crap out of you, you right. know, right. to sleep uh, after watching it. You will um, be able to sleep, but it's yeah. still bloody gory and i mean just hilarious it just is it's hard to strike that horror comedy balance and this one just did it so well i wish i would have been able to see it at fantastic fest where it was the closing night film to see it with an audience because i really wish this had gotten a release i mean thank goodness say amazon uh, for putting things out that we can see but i would have loved to have seen this one in a theater i know i know that we're actually i mean we did we did Fantastic Fest and we did Beyond Fest here. Okay, yeah. And then they're actually going to screen it at the. There's a, they have screenings in L.A. at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. There's a big screen outside, and they're showing it on Sunday. So that's going to be really cool to go to. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's been so much fun with a. Are you in L.A.? No, I am. Well, I am in L.A., but I'm in Louisiana, L.A. I'm in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, um, yeah, it's it's it it was really fun with the crowd. Um, and it is, I, I don't know. The one thing that came up in discussion that, I mean, I don't, obviously I'm far South in the, on the met on the leadership mm -hmm. level, as far as whoever chooses what gets released into theaters or doesn't, 
But um, one thing that I that um, I did hear in discussion was that, you know, if they had considered putting it in theaters, they might have made us trim it to make it PG-13. Oh. So then that would lose a lot of a lot of what it what it is, you know. Yeah. This is kind of fun because it's R, but anybody can watch it, even though it's R. It's true. Um, you know, I don't want to say like parents and their kids, but like parents and their teenage children, they could watch it, still have a good time and still enjoy like a scary Halloween time movie. Yeah. But OK, so if you are in Los Angeles, Sunday, the 15th, it's showing, you said at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yeah, Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I love that. OK, so we'll make sure we get this up on our podcast feed before that. And before I let you go, what's next for you, Jeremy? Where can people check you out? Look for your stuff. Um, well, I'm on, uh, I'm on a lot of social media, city life, JC, uh, most of most forms you can find me in, in that way. Uh, I am, uh, you know, waiting for the actor's strike to get resolved. I'm looking yeah. forward to getting, uh, um, uh, back to work on something fun. Um, you know, another movie, another horror movie would be awesome. But, uh, and I like to just, uh, do cool stuff with cool people. So, you know, I'm looking for that next collaboration. Perfect. I didn't even think about the strike. Hopefully we all hope that gets resolved soon as fans. Uh, we want to see content. And I know as you guys who make a living doing this, you want to get back to work and uh, yeah, but it's like super exciting that this is now out there and that, you know, people yes. are doing it and, um, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully word of mouth will continue and, uh, more people will keep checking it out. I think so. We are spreading the word. Everybody I talk to, I'm saying you got to watch Totally Killer. It's totally awesome. fun, totally tubular, totally all those 80s adjectives. So totally wicked, twisted, yes. and gnarly. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jeremy. We really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Oh, and thanks so much. Nice to meet you. And, and, and so glad you had a great time with the movie. Yes.